in the morning. When you want the news, you need the front page every hour on the press box. Nothing's writing on this except the uh, First Amendment, the Constitution, freedom of the press, and maybe the future of the country. Not that any of that matters. And now, the news. The Oilers beat the Flames 5-3 to three in Game 4 and took a 3-1 series I believe in lead. them. Do you? Look at you. Yeah, I um, told you. On the Calgary side of this, they win the Pacific Division. They had a great regular season. How big of a letdown is this for them to finish if they get eliminated I think here? It's a, I think it's huge. I think it's a huge letdown if they lose the series after the way they played in the regular season. If they lose to the Oilers... With Mike Smith giving up uh, goals from 77 feet. Oh, my God. Is that the worst goal ever <laughs> that allowed? Was, that was – I never saw it. How about the one uh, – the one that – he lost them in their shirts. <laughs> he lost the puck in the orange shirts. I'm like, what? <laughs> Nat, uh, uh, who It was uh, Anderson. It was uh, Rasmus Anderson skating backwards in his own yes, defensive just zone. just kind of flicking it. And it beats Mike Smith for yeah. a goal. And that, and that was the game-tying goal yeah, in tied it to three, third three. period. That's a game-tying goal in the third period. Now, the Oilers rebounded and ended up winning the game 5-3, so Mike Smith uh, didn't have to live through that, uh, costing his team a game. Um, Here's the fun fact for you. The Edmonton Oilers have won seven playoff games this postseason. Prior to this year, Connor McDavid with the Oilers had only won eight postseason games ever, which means if they go on and win this series, they will have matched the amount of postseason games Connor McDavid has ever won in one season. Well, they keep saying they said that earlier in his career, in the last several years. You know, he 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 can't get there, and they can't go deep, and that was one of the things everyone kind of was you know was bummed about because they we want to see him in that huge huge arena. We want to see him in the playoffs. Cause he's such an incredible player. I didn't know. I just checked it that the Oilers finished, I knew they finished second, but they were only seven points behind Calgary, so maybe it's not as huge as an upset, I thought, that, that, that it would be. But I still think when you win the Pacific and you lead the Pacific the whole year, if you lose you know, you know, lose in the second round, then it's it's a huge disappointment. I am curious to see, uh, and, and assuming both of them don't blow their 3-1 leads, Edmonton, Colorado, I'm curious to see if Edmonton actually can match up and play with Colorado or if that's just a blowout mm. where, hey, McDavid's on the ice. The Oilers look good, but every other minute of the game, yeah. Colorado's dominant. And Colorado's got a matchup everywhere. Maybe other than Dreisaitl, Colorado has a matchup advantage at every place. The Carolina Hurricanes lost to the New York Rangers 4-1, to which means the Hurricanes 11 games into the postseason are 6-0 and at home and 0-5 on the road. They have yet to lose a home game and yet to win a road game. Uh, I guess the good news for them is that they have home ice advantage so they can continue that trend and be in the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, you think Gerard Gallant's coming back from another series deficit? Oh, I'd love to see it. I mean, I, you know, I want Gerard Gallant winning the Stanley Cup for obvious reasons. Um I don't know. I mean, Carolina's obviously no no surprise. They're really good home, 6-0, so they're going to have to find a way to win there. But uh, it would be wonderful. It would be wonderful. The way the, way, uh, the uh, Rangers goalie's playing, you never know. He's You know, I know he's to you he's a meat bag. Is that what you call him? They're um, all meat bags. They're all meat bags. But uh, he's playing really well, and uh, I'd love to see it. 
Oh, man, if Gerard won this one and got to Tampa Bay and took them out, oh, be dancing in the street, I'll tell you what, around ESPN 1100, 100.9 FM. The funniest thing that happened in that game is I'm pretty sure an equipment manager got fired because Mika Zibanejad broke his stick, skated to the bench. Nobody, we've seen it plenty of times, guy breaks his stick and somebody's trying to hand his new stick over the bench. Nobody's doing that. Mika Zibanejad opened the door took a step onto the bench, grabbed a new stick, and went right back out onto the ice. <laughs> Where is the equipment manager where's, to give him his stick? Where's the kid who, when a base runner gets to first base, is sprinting towards him to get his gloves and give him the sliding glove? Where's that guy who's, who, who's actually doing his job? Just not paying attention. No idea. He had to go get his own stick in the middle of a shift. Unbelievable. One of the funniest things I've seen. Did that guy keep his job overnight? I wonder if SantaCon is the one thing that won't eventually get that reappraisal. Because I remember people used to stun on Guy Fieri like this. And at this point, he's like, everybody agrees that Guy Fieri is like the most important American. Mm -hmm. Like that if he ran for president as on either party with any platform, he would certainly win 60% of the vote. Yes. Louisville hired yes. Milt Wagner as director of player development. Now, Milt Wagner uh, played for Louisville in the 1980s. Their new head coach, Kenny Payne, was actually a teammate with Milt Wagner. So you understand the connection there. But more importantly, <laughs> Milt Wagner is the grandfather to the number hey. one recruit in the class of 2023. Nothing new nowadays. This is what happens. You hire oh. the uh, fathers, or in this sense, the grandfather. Uh, I haven't heard of a grandfather being uh, being um, hired for this, but yeah, I've heard of a lot of dads being hired for this situation where the kid's a number one recruit or he's a high-level P5 recruit and uh, ends up going to your school. So this is uh, this is just something that happens a lot. It's uh, less than NIL, but uh, you kind of raise your eyes at it. I love this. Every school should be doing this. It's one of the best cheat codes in college sports, even with the ability to pay players now, hire their parents to positions. Or their um, grandparents. Or their grandparents. The other fun part of this is that the two schools – that it's C.J. Wagner is the number one recruit that Wagner is deciding between or please tell me Kentucky to to, it's Louisville and Kentucky oh it's incredible it is it is one of the best things that can happen in college recruiting it's one of the best I mean stories. the best thing is if he goes to Kentucky oh good that'd be incredible oh yes it would if Calipari still wins the recruiting battle even though Kenny Payne hired uh Mil Grandpa. it's it's tremendous I love every Every second of it, I need every school to do this. I don't know why UNLV hasn't just started hiring people's dads. Like, they need to go find the best eighth graders and just hire their dads <laughs> now. Like, just get on it, and that, that'll that make everything work out well for you. Step back one-legged. What kind of shot is that? Have you ever shot that shot? Do you work on that shot? Win. Donovan Williams working out for multiple NBA teams. According to Jake Weingarten, uh, Cleveland, Houston, Miami, Orlando, and Utah are workouts he's either had or will have here in the near future. Uh, Mike Gramala has had the strongest opinion on this. He thinks Donovan Williams is going to stay in the NBA draft and go pro this year, even if he doesn't end up getting drafted. Mike's reasoning is that just talking to Donovan Williams it sounds like somebody that just wants to hear, yeah, you can play in the NBA, not necessarily somebody right. that needs to hear right. you're going to be a first-round pick. 
Uh, does having think, five workouts make you lean more towards Mike's opinion? I think it does. Um, I haven't. I mean, I'm going to back Mike's opinion. He knows it as well as anyone. He also told us uh, that, in his belief, Donovan, William, Donovan Williams only needed one team to say we'll take yeah. him the second round. So yeah. you're working out for five teams. You have a good workout. Yeah, I mean, I'd be surprised if someone doesn't say, sure, if you're there, you're, you know, we could pick you in the second round. I mean, uh, these are a lot of workouts he's getting. I saw a couple pictures of him yesterday from one of the workouts. So I'm going to back Mike here and say he's gone. Mike Mike sure has done a lot of work in the offseason with his, um, you know, review of all the players they've gotten. And we asked him last week a starting five, and he just doesn't include Donovan Williams in yeah. any of this stuff. Yeah, which I, listen, we, we've talked a lot about their roster. I think that's going to be a big blow to them if he doesn't come mm-hmm. back because offensively he'd project as one of the top scorers on this team. And without him, you're, you're searching, you're trying to find somewhere else where there can be some actual uh, offensive explosiveness. And without Donovan Williams, that's one less player that could do it. Um, Christian Pulisic deleted Chelsea from his Instagram bio and his profile picture, just like uh, Kyler Murray. What's happening here? Oh, what's I happening here? Reporting. Well, I mean, two things. On. One, he wasn't uh, a regular starter for Thomas Tuchel. And two, uh, Chelsea still is under sanctions from the uh, English government because their owner is a Russian oligarch and they're forcing him to sell nice. it and it hasn't sold yet. So, like, at the moment, Chelsea like is not allowed to make money. Like they're not allowed to do anything to make money. So I potentially they're going to be sold in the near future and maybe everything's taken care of. But if I was a player, I would not want to be playing for Chelsea mm-hmm. next year either, or at the moment, because uh, who, who owns this team? You kind of aren't a real team at the moment. It, is this is, and maybe this is just a strange thought. Has any player ever been like, yeah, I'm not going to play for them be- for moral reasons? Like the the, the Saudi uh, the Saudi prince owns that team. I don't want to play for them. They're bad uh, people. No, their checks still cash. Okay, blood money is still money. All right, Ed's got nothing. Uh, you took care of it. Uh, we'll see. The Washington Nationals will not trade. Juan Soto. This is according to Jim Bowden of The Athletic, who wrote, Let me be clear, the Nationals will not trade Soto by this year's trade deadline under any circumstance, according to my sources. Even if they are offered a big prospect package or significant salary relief, Soto won't be traded this season, I'm told. We talked about this He's last week. He's definitely gone. I think it was Buster Olney that wrote about the possibility of Soto getting traded, and he cited a, another front office executive anonymously who said that you know they've either got to sign him or trade him. Right. He's got a right. couple years left, so they don't have to trade him right now. It's not like he walks as a free agent after this season. But I, to me, I we t- same point. I can't imagine trading Juan Soto. No, I. He's twenty three. Twenty three years old, and he's a monster. <laughs> he's, he's unbelievable. Whatever timeline you have to be good. Juan Soto's going to be good during that time. Yeah. I can't imagine it. I just, you would have to get the most unbelievable trade offer that a team has ever seen to trade Juan Soto. Until he and, loses and the it, ball in the lights. You saw that. Oh, did he really? No. Oh, yeah. Lost the ball in the lights and it hit off his glove. And, well, I mean, I was happy, obviously, but uh, felt felt a little bad for him until I realized the, two runs scored on it. Every time I've seen the Dodgers score the last two days, they've scored like eight or nine by the fourth inning. 
Yes, yes. Taking care of business, Tyler. Taking care of business early. Taking care of business. Taking care of business early. Did the Nationals have a, like, random relief pitcher that the Dodgers can trade for, so that way they just throw in Juan Soto? I mean, they're, they're, uh, the Nationals watched them the last two days. Ooh, 30 losses already. Yeah, Talk about just blowing good. everything up. They, they saw the Reds, so they were like, we could do that. Yeah. Like, the, the NL East right now, the Mets are good. And then, like, nobody else is over 500, but somehow the Nationals are just oh, god awful worse than all of them. Like, they're, they're, you can't, you shouldn't be that bad when you get to play a bunch of other under 500 right. teams. The Nationals suck. They're terrible. Kalong told me a couple days ago. You got to get rid of this. I can't talk. I'm drunk. Whatever. Nick Foles signed with the Colts. He'll be Matt Ryan's backup. Uh, do you believe the Colts or the Titans are the best team in the AFC South? I think the Colts are. Colts. I think Me the too. Colts are. Not even I, close. I think the Titans are going to have a big drop-off. I think this is going to be a team that we're, they're not even in the playoff conversation towards the beginning or middle of December. I, I just don't think they're going to be very good this year. Yeah, yeah, we had them in. Uh, well, how many teams we had for playoff costs? Like twelve. They're, or seven? they're one of the twelve. Yeah, they're <laughs> one of the twelve. But I put them towards the bottom of that All twelve. Right. I think. I think it's like them and like Miami are sort of the. Well, they were twelve 10, and five 10, 11, last year. 12. I don't think they can go twelve and five again. Yeah, I, I'd be surprised if they did. And you know, they've been they've been a solid AFC team for a few years now. So right. maybe maybe they'll continue that. But I I think this is the Colts division to lose. Coming up next. Where the hell's the Golden Knights' next head coach? Now Zabatajad dropping it back. Lindgren moves in, shoots a couple of hard runs. Score! Because Zabatajad knocks it in. And the Rangers take a 3 nothing lead. Evander Kane's got the empty net and scores! We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff. You guys think the Golden Knights are a coach? I do. I do. Taking their time. Started at 2 p.m. on uh, media exit day. And uh, taking their time. Wait until the guy from the Rangers gets eliminated. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe they're waiting to interview him. Uh, Interesting on Barry Trotz, though. Uh, Don't know if that means the Golden Knights are in on him or not, but hasn't made a decision yet. Interviewed with Winnipeg. Interviewed with Philly. Um, uh, Ryan told us yesterday that maybe he wants a, um, a front office position. Uh, I don't think that'll happen with the Golden Knights. They protect those at the at uh, all ends. Um, but uh, still interested in Barry Trotz. And your guy Tortorella is still available. I wonder. Hey, that's my guy. I wonder if there's a level of the NHL waiting on Barry Trotz. Like he's he's going to pick where whatever job that's interviewed him and offered him. He's going to pick that place. And then the rest of the coaching searches will the- fall in line. Basically, a, hey, we're not going right, to go hire somebody right. else until we know Trotz what he's going to do. It... Right. So I do wonder if that's that might be the holdup in the NHL right now because we haven't nobody's hired a coach, right? Wouldn't we have heard if the Golden Knights interviewed him? I think mm. so. I mean, we I I assume we would have gotten that yeah. report from somebody because we've I mean, gotten the report from everywhere else he's interviewed. Right. Bill Foley will go on a podcast or a show, and he'll go, "Yeah, well, so we we were talking to Barry George McPhee, live from Canada." Uh, so I would think we would. Um, does Pete DeBoer get another job this offseason? This offseason, yes. do you think so? I, I definitely think so. I definitely think once Trot's off the board, somebody's going to go get 
That's that's a good that's a good point. When, and exactly what you t- said, Tyler. Once he's off the board, these all could end quickly. I wonder not what so sure. Kippur wants to do. Well, if yeah, if he Kippur, doesn't, he gets $4 million for not having the job. Yeah, I'm taking my paycheck and uh, taking a year off. Yeah. Figure he was in out. a hot tub. Yeah, that's what I'd be doing, too. I'd be taking a year off, just chilling, being like, yeah, okay, how much money? All right, well, I'll, I'll hang around and, and do nothing for a year, and then we'll see where we are after then. Just calls TNT and goes, hey, you know, I'm, you know I'll say something. I'd just wait for another contender to sort of struggle in the regular season and fire their coach in January and then pop up there and go back to the playoffs. <laughs> he is good at that. Boy, what if it was the Rangers it, next year? Poor, poor Gallant. This guy again? Oh, get him out of here. This yeah, guy again? Get Gallant out of here. This Ma- guy? Not any good. Well, here's I'll, I'll tell you this. Talking oh, my about God. <laughs> Meatbag goalies. Um, the Rangers are going to be very high on the list of probably regressing. Because their goalie was so good this year, there's zero chance Igor Shesterkin is that good next year. And if he's not that good, the Rangers aren't very good. I just love that there's a there's a band named Igor. <laughs> um, so Tyler, this is more for you because I assume Ed, whenever he was uh, living on the mean streets of Laguna Beach, uh, didn't have this problem. But do you think this is like the only time in Barry Trot's life where he's like, man? Everybody keeps calling me. I am desirable. Barry Trot seems like the guy who doesn't want anybody to call him. Ah, okay. So, all right. Well, that does also, that, yeah, that seems like something you would want. Yeah. Like, he seems like he's probably annoyed that people keep calling him and asking him to take their job. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Who? McCrimmon? Line two? No. Well, we'll talk to that guy. <laughs> Tell him to That's... call later. That's the report we need. We need the report of who Barry Trotz declined to interview with. Or oh. he didn't even decline. It's he left on red. Yeah. Just oh. he, that would be great if we find out the Golden Knights requested Barry Trotz and Trotz said, nah, I yeah, don't even want to talk to you guys. So. I, I want to go home and live in the snow in Winnipeg. <laughs> they during his opening press conference, uh, you had a lot of interest, including the Golden Knights. Golden Knights. <laughs> Did they call? Here's here's another question for the offseason beyond the coach. Which free agent are they going to sign for like $7 million and make us all say, oh, how the hell are they going to make that work? Probably uh, Philip Forsberg because that's the guy that McPhee has always gotten uh, a hard time for with uh, in Washington. I so. like this David Perron guy. So do you think that Philip For you think McPhee would want Forsberg or he'd want to stay away from Forsberg because he traded him away for very little and he ended up being that's a, a good point because those guys at the golden knights don't like to admit any mistakes so <laughs> oh, that's not true we look in the Tatar. mirror we look in the mirror we feel that anything we do is the right decision um that's a good point i'm trying to look at these others you have down here uh there's no, there's a there's number three mark andre Fleury. yeah they wouldn't Tyler. go back down. so yahoo sports had the top 30 nhl free agents johnny gaudreau's number one with the Flames, Mark Andre Fleury was number three uh, and the number one goalie on the list. And then, like you said, Forsberg was on there. Evgeny Malkin's a free agent. There was a report that the Penguins lowballed him, and it made Sidney Crosby mad. Um, but Malkin made nine point five million last year. It's also so thirty five. Yeah, uh, Nazem Kadri's having Ooh. an incredible postseason right now. I like um, him. The, here's here's the question for you. These guys are all in their thirties. What part of the roster do the Golden Knights need to improve? Can you tell me how healthy Robin Leonard's going to be? 
Robin Leonard is ready to go for the first game of the regular season. Hmm. So they uh, can trade him. I mean, maybe the easy part is scoring in wingers, but they seem to, to lack a little depth defensively. I think it is the winger position because right now, without Evgeny? Riley Smith re-signed, Evgeny Dodonov is the fourth best winger on this team. You have Mark Stone, Jonathan Marshall, Max Pacioretty, and Evgeny Dodonov as the fourth best winger. And Daddy? of those top three wingers, Mark Stone's not like a goal scorer. Um, Jonathan Marshall is a decent goal scorer. And Max Pacioretty is really the only one of those four or of those three that you'd really point to and say, yeah, that guy is a legitimate, like proven goal scorer for in the NHL. They, when we talk about them not having enough offensive firepower, they don't have great goal scorers on the roster. And you're not really going to expect that from your defenseman. Maybe you expect it a little bit from your center position, but there's only really going to be two or maybe three of them that you could really count on. They only have one guy on the team, maybe two if you count Jonathan Marcheseau, that are like true, oh yeah, that guy's a goal scorer. Right, they don't right. have many of those. So to me, it is the winger spot. Whether it's left wing or right wing, you can make guys play on their off wing, whatever you want to figure out there. But that's the position where they don't have goal scoring. Because the interesting part about the Golden Knights is they have had for a long time now the the center depth to where they've got five or six centers that they like so they'll play one at left wing or right wing on the third or fourth line and that helps them defensively whatever but that usually hurts them in the offensive end because like that means nick waugh is playing on a wing instead of at center and nick waugh is not really providing a whole lot of goal scoring for you so i think that if they were if they were going to go out and make a big free agent signing it's got to be somebody that plays on the wing that can score like that that's like you look at the Edmonton Oilers right now. Evander Kane is leading the postseason in goals. He's got now, they could have got him. He's got 12 He's of playing them. with Connor McDavid. A lot of that's because of his teammates around him. But if the Golden Knights threw out Evgeny Dodonov with if they had Connor McDavid, would Evgeny Dodonov be leading the NHL right. in goals in the postseason? Probably not. So that's the guy they need that okay, you've got Eichel You've got Stone, like you've got good players, but somebody's got to finish. Somebody's got to actually score, and that's the player they need to go find. Uh, better than Riley Smith, you mean? That again, Riley Smith doesn't fit into that category of a true goal scorer. Riley what about Smith's David Perron? Would you bring him back at thirty-four? I would. Eh, he's a little old. I mean, how much are you paying him? Yeah, if if he made four million this for, year. Well, he, if he's coming back for two million, sure. If he's coming 3. back three point five, no, I'm not doing it. Because it's it's okay. They, they don't they don't have salary cap space. Tyler. So to you got to get rid of three point five or four million to sign them. So it just wouldn't make a whole lot of sense. All right, coming up next, Jason Fitz joins the show. I was super happy for Aaron. Obviously, uh, you know the the dude deserves it. Obviously, what he's done the last two years. Um, but you know, personally for me, it's it it's uh just means that you know I'm about to be a backup again um, for this year. Um, and, that's all I can control right now, but uh, you know, I was I was happy for Aaron, but at the same time, it's like ah, you know. I would say it's kind of the, I mean, going into it, it was kind of the same because you didn't know what was going to happen, um, and obviously now that you know he signed, he's back. I don't think it changes anything for me. Um, like I said, I'm still here. I'm still going to do my job, and I'm competing to try and be that guy. If he wasn't here, if he is here, so uh, and, and like he said, he's not here right now, so I'm getting all those one reps. So I, I look at it as I'm the guy right now. So that's how I look at it. 
Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas Studios, this is The Press Box with Grady and Bischoff. You're telling me we don't have Jason Fitz? We do not. Oh. I've what, called him and it's going straight here? to voicemail. What's what's happening here? Where's Jason? Why is he doing He was doing so good. We I don't think he stood us up the entire year so far. I feel like he stood us up. I at think least maybe once. once. I think maybe once. But, but uh, I'll give him another call. Yeah. He did a Phil. Paul Feinbaum show yesterday. Was he on Feinbaum? Yeah, we are. We are. Well, we're not. We don't have him on, but we are killing it with having the guests that were on the Feinbaum show the day before this week. <laughs> How much did he talk what sports a, yesterday? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. It's, I mean, it's the Paul Feinbaum show. It's the, the callers make the show somehow, right, and either right. they're terrible or great or right. terrible and great at the same time. It's pretty terrific. Um, you heard the Jordan Love sound right there. I could, do you feel bad for him? No, I don't feel bad for him. No, why? No. I mean, it's 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 uh, in the NFL. It's pro sports. I don't feel bad for him. I mean, wow. I hope he gets a shot because I like to see him play because. As you know, I only saw him one play, uh, play one time in college, and he looked very good. Phone uh, not even ringing. Does our phone work? Yes, I got a dial tone and everything. Okay, I just his phone feel, hasn't worked for like. Do two you feel days. sorry for him? Yes, really. Why? He's got the best job in yeah. sports. You literally he's, hold a he's clipboard. He's only got it for two more years, and then he's gonna, not going to get paid. Okay, but he's getting paid millions of dollars right now to be like, dang, Aaron just took a big hit. And if he if he played if he had one good game he'd get like thirty million dollars. Matt Flynn, yeah. If he had one good game, he'd get thirty million dollars. That's all he's got to do, and he's not going to get. I that. mean, Jordan Love, first round draft pick, going to make like twelve million dollars. Meanwhile, Sam Darnold had like the biggest contract in NFL history at one point. Aaron Rodgers breaks his collarbone every three years, so he's due. he's on track. He's due for that. I, I mean, I, I think. I think maybe he'll eventually get a shot, right? I mean, well, I don't know. How old is Rodgers? No, he, he's not he's in 40? Green Bay. The 40? Packers, next offseason, the Packers have to decide whether they pick up his fifth-year option or not. There's no chance that they pick up his fifth-year option. They just you, they can't do it. So right, Because of the money he'd be owed. Right. There's no chance they do it. Here's here's the, the quarterback's not draft. Like they're paying for wide receivers. In the first round with Jordan Love in 2020. Joe Burrow, Tua, and Justin Herbert. Oh, those all would have been better. All of those guys, all of those guys are going to make a whole bunch of money. Meanwhile, Jordan Love out here isn't, he doesn't even get the chance to make any money because he doesn't play. I can't feel sorry for guys like Jared I, said making millions of dollars holding clipboards. I, I will say, if let's say Rodgers goes down for one game, and Jordan Love looks competent, I almost guarantee that they could trade him to Seattle the next <laughs> week. And he, no, then he would get paid. No, no, no. If Seattle's going to trade for him, he's got to look terrible because Seattle has zero interest in winning. They keep trying to tell us Drew Locke is good. They literally so didn't, they, didn't they look terrible when they signed Matt Flynn to a huge yes. contract and immediately in training camp went, oh, oh, he's bad. Uh-oh. Yeah. The Russell Wilson guy beat him out. Yeah, but the, but they don't have any interest in winning right now. They want to be bad, so they're not trading. If he plays a game and sucks, they'll trade for him and be like, well, "Oh yeah, we didn't he already do that?" Kinda. Right here. But here, yeah, but that was last year. So I I feel bad for him. 
He could be like, how much money is Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert or even Tua going to make simply because they've gotten to play compared to Jordan uh, Love? I mean, it's going to be like they're going to those guys are going to make 200, 300 million dollars in the next five years. Jordan Love's going to make 10. Burrow might make that just on endorsements. Yeah, what's Jordan Love doing? He's in Green Bay answering questions with some guy yelling in the background. They can't even put him in the press. <laughs> yeah, conference. by the way, is there some rule, Ed? You you've been to a lot of media scrums. Is there some rule where it's like, hey, we're having a press conference oh, yeah. here? Yeah, there's a ton of those walking by, what? making comments, um, screaming for no reason, and then the sometimes the person being interviewed knows knows the individual. So he, that person starts laughing, doesn't want to say anything about it, but you're sitting there going, look, pal, deadline, let's go. Answer the question. <laughs> I don't have okay. time for this. So it's not, but it's not members of the media. It's no, not some, no, it's not no. some I mean, jackass no. from, you know, uh, the like brokered show down the road. It's just like, <laughs> hey, hey, let's make this about me. No, it's not that. It's other Jim Oaks in the background who feel they have nothing to do except scream at people. It's the athletic trainer. It's Deuce Gruden. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> it's Deuce Gruden. Wait, where's our update on Deuce Gruden? Deucer! Where's, Will, where's Willie well, Ramirez? Willie, please send us a yeah, note. Will, Where, when Willie, is Deuce Gruden lifting? I'll text again? you tomorrow. I love... Out there at OTAs. He'll be out there. Deucer, Deucer will be out Do there stretching you, people. Do you think if you asked him, like, straight up, like, and I know that the Raiders get real, like, cagey about this, but if you just straight up asked him, hey, man, would, would you mind coming on the show? Do you think he'd say yes? I asked, uh, this is before John uh, was uh, dismissed, I asked, and it was all, in all seriousness, I asked for a interview for a column on him not only working for his dad, but him being um, a pro weightlifter, like a, a lifter. Like, I was going to do a column on him. I was going to say, hey, you know, I mean, he's the son's dad. Where did he get into this? Where did he get into powerlifting and all of that? And he refused the interview. Oh. Okay. He said like he said not him. now. Oh. This was through a spokesman for the team. They said not now, but it was completely serious. I mean, it was literally. I thought it was interesting that he worked for his dad. This is you know, John's. He was early in his tenure. I'm like, oh, his son works for him, and he's this powerlifter guy, and might make for a good story. Like you know, you're working for your dad and all that. And I asked the spokesman. I said, hey, can you ask him? You know, for an interview. He was on his way to a um, competition, a lifting competition. I said, all right, to be timely. And uh, through the spokesman said, no, not now. And then I, I never went back. And I don't think he was, put he it was this in way. the zone. Ed. You put it this way. If it was no, not now, then it's no, you idiot now. <laughs> I mean, it, so I don't think I'm I, I think the ask this time would be, I think the ask this time would be turned down when I asked by the spokesman before they even asked uh, Deuce. <laughs> I don't even think that I don't even think it would get to Deuce. Was he too focused on his weightlifting competition? He might have been. I mean, oh, I think he's I don't, focused. I don't know why he was. I I just zone. got back that he was. Uh, he he said no at that point. I don't. I never know. And you know, I don't need a reason. If it's no, it's no. That's fine. Um, but I thought it'd be a good story. I thought it'd hey, be interesting. At least you got a no. I've requested staffer, <laughs> and I don't even get an email back. I have uh, an important update. Uh, one of our favorite listeners, Fernando. Who Fernando, yesterday... oh, it's going to be positive. Yesterday, we determined that Fernando doesn't like any teams, or at least we guessed at that. Fernando has responded to that. He says his dislikes are the Faders, the Cowgirls, and the Dodgerettes. And he says the Dodgers' COVID title doesn't count. All oh, other I teams mean, we are all okay. agree on that. So Dallas Cowboys, 
Los Angeles Dodgers and Las Vegas Raiders, Fernando does not like. Every other team he says is okay. So he has no favorite team. Um, I don't know. Does he have? He just says every other team is okay. His Twitter handle has expos in it. Oh, well, that's a good, that's a good that team. Means. I don't know what that means, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he has favorite teams or if he just has uh, that. That's how we should enjoy sports. We're not. We should no longer have favorite. We should just have most hated teams. And you just watch the teams you hate and hope they lose all the time. I can't watch that much Padres. <laughs> don't do don't that. worry, don't worry. Once the playoffs hit, you'll have no choice but to watch them. I'm I'm scared. You're, I'm scared. You're right. Actually, I'm very scared. You're right. The T hasn't even played yet, and they're right there. I'm not I'm not happy about this right now. They're good. Machado. Oh, yeah, the amount of times I've heard right. and Machado makes it home. Machado's hitting like 950. Um, Cronworth's playing well. The the pitching is good. No, I'm not happy right now. Believe me, I'm, I'm worried. I'm a little nervous. Listen, how about this Giants win last night? Oh, yeah. Jock, the former Dodger, three bombs. So the Giants were up 8-2 to two going into the seventh. The Mets then scored the next nine runs yeah. and took the lead, but the Giants came back to win 13-12. 13-12. Brandon yeah. Crawford, walk-off single. Yeah, yeah. Like, what a <laughs> yeah. walk-off single. That game, take to play? that game took a long time to play, didn't it? Jesus, 13 to 12? My God. Okay, this may be sometime when we go to Jared's dumb questions, but would you rather, if you're the pitcher, would you rather give up a walk-off home run or a walk-off bloop single? Because it's literally like, if it's a home run, it's like, well, at least he crushed it. If it's a bloop single, it's like, come on, guys. Right. Yeah. Somebody hustle. Uh, I might. No, like, I'd rather give up the bloop single. I might rather give up the home run because when he hits it, I know it, and I don't even have to look. Like, you I just, just start I just walk, walking to I the walk, I just walk to the, straight. The a bloop single, line. I actually have to watch. You know, is it going to get caught? But the, when he usually, very few times, when I'm watching games where a guy has like Mookie Betts at two last night, um, not even looking at it, they just put their glove up for the next ball. They know like right <laughs> off the bat that it's a home run. All um, right, yep, that's done. Yeah, my favorite is when the outfielder does not move. They don't move. Oh, yeah, they, oh, yeah. The they just stand there. The ball there. just flies over they just their stand head. There. That's, that's by far my favorite move by any outfielder. All right, coming up next, no Jason Fitz. I don't know what happened to Jason Fitz. Maybe he's sleeping in because he had to do fine bomb. But coming up next, the Patriots aren't very good at drafting. Luka calls to the ball and has it out on the left side, well beyond the three-point line, out near the left hash mark. He will fake a three with Looney guarding. He passes. It's a give-and-go, and Nilakina finds Luka on the cut to the rim, the oldest play in the game, the give-and-go. Wiggins guarding Luka, extends all the way out to the jump circle. 35 seconds left in the first quarter. Between the rings, a straightaway three. Yes, sir. Luka hits it. Mavericks up by six, and Dallas plays for the two-for-one. Now Luka with the ball. Bullock screens. Luka right. Right wing, seven on the shot clock, seven minutes to play third quarter. Luca working on the right side, crosses over, and the step back. Jack is on the money. Luca, you've done a lot for this franchise. Is there anything you can do to help fix the roof? I wish, sir. <laughs> and uh, I'll ask Dirk. Dirk, they're gonna, they got more memories in this building, well, so he, he'll he knows. Say he, he'll say he built it, so maybe he is to blame. Yeah. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. I know exactly what happened right there. The reporter that asked Luka Doncic that question, he came up with that question at some point during the game. And when the Mavericks started to make or started to try to blow it, 
he was just sitting there saying, God, they cannot blow this because I can't ask Luca that question if they end up losing and their season is over. Totally believe you. I like, see that. Yeah. One yeah. the amount of times yeah. that I've like been at a UNLV basketball game and it's like, oh, that would be a fun question to ask somebody. And then they lose and I'm like, I'm not asking that right. after exactly. they just lost. Right. right. It happens all the time. And this guy was like, It's a great question. And but if they lost and their season was no over, chance you can't yes. ask Luca no. to fix the roof. No. Can't I, do it. But when you win by well, by ten, but when you're up by thirty, you can ask that question. I just enjoyed that th- that he he just wanted to say, well, Dirk built the building. It's the yeah. it's the building Dirk built. See, you thought about it so long, he came up with that line. Too. <laughs> um, all right, uh, the Raiders or not the Raiders? That's a Freudian slip. The Patriots reached on their first round draft pick. Well, I mean, the Raiders uh, have done that enough times that I don't know if it's a slip. The so they drafted Cole Strange, an offensive lineman. When they drafted him, most people Strange. were like, "This guy, this guy's projected to be a." second round maybe even the third round pick um but the patriots ended up picking him and there was a story uh on cole strange and cole strange thought that he was being pranked when the patriots called him to tell him that they were drafting him cole strange's response was sir i don't mean to be disrespectful at all but i've got to know because i've got some crazy friends (laughs) is this a prank (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> way to believe in yourself cole <laughs> which is terrific and then the story also quoted uh his father and his father said as soon as i heard bill belichick's voice cole and i both started screaming and hugging and acting crazy probably saying a bunch of inappropriate stuff we were so excited to his credit you gotta love the guy belichick is sitting there and when we got through the first break he ha- we had he said hey cole you've got to act like you've been there man it was a classic to us. We absolutely loved it. He was such a reach, he thought he'd been pranked. It's but so great. this I, guy's going to end up being all pro. Oh, he's going to be the best player. He's going to be the best, best player, offensive, best offensive lineman they've had in yeah. years. Absolutely. No doubt about it. He's going to score a touchdown. Yes. He will be an eligible receiver down on the goal line, and he will score a touchdown. I also I also think we need to know, like, which of Cole Strange's friends did he think were calling him? Like, because he said, I've like got his some crazy ass- teammates. He, he assumed it was a prank. I'm curious, like, because he had to answer the phone. And when they, when he hears, hey, uh, it's so and so with the Patriots, we're going to draft you here. He had to have in mind, like, one friend that was like, oh, he did it. He actually did it. He's trying to screw with me here. Like, it's that guy's got to be at the first game of the season because that's the best friend he could have who didn't actually prank him, but that Cole Strange thought was. I mean, he was from UT Chatt- Chattanooga, predicted between number 30 and 40. Yeah. So, so it, it wasn't, I guess it wasn't completely out of the realm. I mean, it was a reach, right. it, obviously. It wasn't a guy that was waiting Projecting until day three. the fifth three. or sixth round. Exactly. Yeah. It was a guy that he was probably going to go in day two, you know, sometime in the second round, most likely. But he ends up going in the first round, and he <laughs> thinks he's being pranked. And that's the other part of it that I'm curious about. Did the Patriots at no point in the draft process like say to Cole Strange, hey, yeah, we, we might be yeah, interested in you that, in the first round? That does seem very much like a Bill Belichick move. Like, don't I really like that guy. Don't tell him anything. Don't say, yeah, don't say anything. <laughs> yeah. Someone might hear and put him on their board because I like him. Right. I, it's, it's just a fascinating thing to have a guy that's just – I guess maybe if you're picking – 15 or later maybe you don't tell people that just because like if you're picking in the top five you're like oh yeah if you're there we're going to take you because there's only four teams that can pick ahead of you but like if you're picking maybe you don't if you're picking 15 or later just because so many different things can happen i don't know it's just 
it's just fun that the that the Patriots the Patriots got I mean they got hammered pretty hard for that pick because it was right it was a reach, reach by most people it was uh, Alex accounts. Leatherwood reach mm. I and then Cole Strange basically comes out and says yeah that was a reach I didn't think I was going that early <laughs> his <laughs> dad well I mean his dad heard Belichick's voice what if it was someone impersonating Belichick that would have been awesome what that's the other part of it they were like as soon as we heard Belichick's voice like how well i mean i guess well i mean if it's a prank maybe you got someone who can sound like him too yeah but like how certain are you just over the phone that it actually is bill belichick well i think i don't even think i i don't would and here's a question would you recognize if we gave you five voices that sounded fairly similar would you recognize your wife's voice over the phone compared to five other similar voices not if you had one of her, not if you had her sister as one of them, because they talk exactly like I, I, they could have, I could actually not know if it's her or her sister. If you close your eyes and they both speak, uh, it's so much that her sister's grandkids, when they meet my wife or not meet her, they know her very well. Uh, when she talks, every time it's like, you sound just like Nana. You sound just like Nana. Who's talking? Who's talking right now? How, uh, what's the age difference between them? Oh, yeah, oh. yeah, I don't think you're allowed to. No, four the years. Difference? Four oh, years. Okay. okay, so no, they're four close. years. Yeah, four they're years. Close. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I, I was kind of hoping there was going to be like somehow they're twenty years apart. No, 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 exactly no. They're, no, they're close. They're close. I mean, as soon as uh, what Harry Styles becomes single again, you'll be a grandpa. And <laughs> wishes. Oh man. I assume. I assume the. I assume the wife more wishes. Like, how much is he worth? Well, yeah, that oh, does yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. take care of me, man. Take care of me. Take care I'd be of me. all for that. Exactly. Like, Some guy's right. just gonna come and take care of me for the rest of my life, and see you later. No five thirty wake up calls. You guys have a good time. <laughs> I'll see you later. Harry Styles is paying for everything. Now nah, we're still sending you the clean feed links. <laughs> exactly. I'll put Harry. Ed, on. where'd you go? Stop going. I'm on Harry mute. Styles. <laughs> I think. Um, I don't think I'd recognize my girlfriend's voice. Uh, if you did four phone. others if, that sounded yeah, like her? If there were other people that sounded similar. I don't think I'd be able to well, pick hers out. I feel like Bill Belichick is like the Christopher Walken of the sports world. Everyone does a bad Bill Belichick. Right. So, like, when you hear the legitimate Bill Belichick, you're like, oh, okay, that's to think of Bill Cali Belichick. Bill Belichick. I don't think it's actually that good. It's mostly, it's, like it's, it's mostly the costume. Yeah, it's not like other ones. Caliendo should prank call every NFL. Oh, he should. Oh, oh, should prank call every every draft pick, especially guys who are perceived as reaches and don't believe they're going there. He Why didn't we have him so do Cleveland Furl? Yeah. He could have been John Gruden to Cleveland Furl. Did we ever get a Cleveland yeah. Furl story about? Are you sure you're drafting me at number four? <laughs> we never got that story. <laughs> no, right? we never got. What that about one. Alex Leatherwood? Did Alex Leatherwood think he was being pranked, or did he know that was real?